Hello, friends. Welcome to the inaugural episode of In With The Old. We're a podcast focused on dispelling myths, building appreciation for God's Word, and rediscovering the Old Testament for the life of faith. I'm one of your co-hosts, Dr. Brian Koning. And I'm Dr. Tim Howe. We could not be more excited that you are joining us on this journey as we explore the Old Testament. We love it, and we hope through this podcast you'll come to love it too. Brian, why don't you, why don't you just uh, help orient us a little bit? Talk about the journey of how we came here and, uh, and a little bit more about what we're trying to do with this podcast. Yeah, so Tim and I met during our doctoral studies at Midwestern Baptist. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a moment. But uh, from the beginning, we both had a passion for the Old Testament. We went through most of our schoolwork together. And post-graduation, we both reached out from time to time, right, Tim? And we're going, hey, you know, there's no podcast that talks about the Old Testament. Do you want to do one? And, and we kept going back and forth like, oh, I don't know <laughs> if there's time. Um, and then at the beginning of this year, 2023, we said, all right, let's, let's sit down and, and actually talk about it, see if we can come up with something. And interestingly enough, an article didn't come out that week, but came across our feed that week from Christianity Today about the Old Testament and its use in systematic theology. Yeah, that was really funny, wasn't it? You know, we, we started talking about this podcast, and then all of a sudden we, we saw this article, and the article is, is back in, uh, in 2017 is when it was published. Named, uh, the name of the person who wrote it is Caleb Lindgren, so thank you, Caleb for your work. But basically the, the article talked about an analysis that uh, Logos Bible Software did on a hundred different systematic theology texts. And uh, they had done some metadata looking at the verses that those texts used. And uh, the, the kind of banner headline that they found was out of the top 100 verses used in, in these 100 systematic theologies, uh, out of the top 100 verses, only nine were from the Old Testament. And so that, that really uh, confirmed something that Brian and I had both been sensing and feeling, and, and that's this, that the Old Testament uh, in many ways has lost its voice or lost its standing uh, when it comes to academic theology in general and, and perhaps systematic theology in particular. And, uh, and even beyond that, it really helped us to, to put some teeth to this idea that just a lot of people are ignoring the Old Testament, and not just academics, but, but people in general. And to us, there's a huge loss when it comes to ignoring the Old Testament. Oh, absolutely. And for a part of Scripture that is, depending on how you want to view it, right, two-thirds or three-quarters of the entire Bible, mm. to only have nine verses used out of the top 100 verses, uh, that's a fairly paltry representation. And, and if you want to dig further into the details, those verses, eight are from Genesis and one is from Isaiah. And there are many hallmarks of Old Testament theology and story that don't appear anywhere in there. So yeah, Tim, you and I both have the sense of the Old Testament being ignored academically and in our churches. And so this podcast is supposed to help us kind of surface some of those ways that we see it being ignored and then offer opportunities for people to be re-engaged into the text itself. So how do we see the Old Testament being ignored? Obviously, Caleb, the article is quite helpful for some academic ways we see it being underrepresented. Uh, but in my own personal journey, I've dealt with undergrad biblical studies students mm -hmm. uh, that 
the first day of class, I say, hey, let's do a little test here. Can you write down the books of the Old Testament in order? So, and you know what percentage of students, and these are freshmen and sophomore biblical study students, do you know what percent can get all of the books of the Old Testament correct and in order? It's about 5%. Oh my goodness. Now, wow. That, that's anecdotal, obviously, right? It's just me uh, doing this unofficially in class. But I always make a point of, A, if you're going to be a biblical studies major, you probably need to know that by the time you graduate. But also, I try to impress upon them that, hey, if you're the people actually studying to know Scripture, and you don't know the books of the Old Testament, how much less the average person in the pew? How much less uh, your aunts, your grandmas, your you know, your, your fellow people in the pew. If you don't know it, they're not going to know it. And that's problematic to me. Yeah. You know, you know, Brian, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about ourselves personally in a minute, but, uh, you, you serve in the Academy. I serve primarily as a pastor and, and I see this as well. Uh, there's, there's kind of a psychology and, and this is something I, we want to say up front, you know, our goal here is not to shame or to say, well, look at you and how horrible you are if you don't know and study and love the Old Testament. Uh, I, I see this as a pastor, too, that, you know, people are reticent to uh, admit or to show in any way that there's a gap in their knowledge of the Scripture. You know, it, it's almost like uh, we act in front of each other as though, oh, yeah, well, I've heard this before, read this before. Uh, which which makes it even more difficult, to be honest, where it's like, you know what? Like, this is just unfamiliar or unknown to me. So uh, I, th I think there's uh, there's that psychological side of it, too, that the Old Testament, as you mentioned, is so large. And, and we've talked about this, you know, personally, that it, it's so untamed and, and very difficult to kind of get your head around. Uh, and that's sometimes, I think, just hard for people to admit, maybe because they're afraid they're going to experience some spiritual shame, you know, or some spiritual shaming because of it. And and just to let you know up front, this podcast is not about shaming anybody. This is about trying to help people and give people handles so that they can know, first of all, just what the Old Testament says, but second, uh, how it still is a gift to God's people for their good. Absolutely. That is our heart here is we believe that questions deserve answers and God is big enough to handle earnest questions. And so, uh, yeah, Tim and I, our heart is both here for you, the listener, uh, to engage with this text. So Tim, what are some other ways that you and I have seen the Old Testament being ignored or some reasons why people might shy away from the Old Testament? Yeah. And, and this, you know, the second one is, is maybe a little bit counterintuitive, but let me explain a little bit. You know, we often see the Old Testament improperly proof texted to make a point. And, uh, you know, to, to use an easy example that we're probably all familiar with, you think of Jeremiah 29, 11, right? Uh, I remember, oh boy, yep. <laughs> you know, bring on the coffee mugs and the pins and the, you know, the nice home decor. Uh, but you, you know, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And, and people use this in various ways, uh, most often, though, to, uh, you know, look at the horizon of their lives individually and to, to rest confidently and to walk boldly with the knowledge that God is with them and God is going to bless them. And, and, you know, there might be an application in there somewhere, and I think there is, that applies to us personally. 
Uh, but, you know, Jeremiah 29 is so much more than just a promise of God's individual blessing. And and that's just one example. I mean, we, we see this all the time where, unfortunately, people seem to take, uh, you know, these tiny little snippets of Scripture. And, of course, the Scripture didn't come down to us originally with chapter and verse. We'll probably talk about that at some point in a later episode. But we tend to take these tiny little verses and and act as though that's an adequate substitute for an awareness not only of context but but of uh, of the overarching story of God's redemptive purposes in the world and so uh, that's the danger right when when we act as though we're using it correctly but in reality we're we're very possibly distorting the meaning of the text um, which shows that we haven't really paid attention to it so. Uh, again, it's it's this strange psychology of believing that we know what it says, when in reality, hey, without a, a larger awareness, we're actually doing the text a, a disservice. Yeah. And I think sometimes we're afraid to go in and find the greater context, mm-hmm. because when we think of the Old Testament, we think of a God that is different than the God of the New Testament. Yeah. We think of a God who is angry, a God who is killing people, uh, whereas in Jesus, we have little baby Jesus, meek and mild, a God of love, a God of acceptance. <laughs> yeah. um, and I'm sure we'll get into it as episodes progress. That's incorrect on both sides. Yeah, That's yeah. not doing justice to the full character of Jesus in the New Testament. <laughs> um, and it's certainly not doing justice to the God of the Old Testament. Um, and, and so yeah. that maybe that fear of God also keeps us from getting the broader context, as you said, of these texts and maybe leads to a tendency to proof text. For whatever reason we have, we do see the Old Testament being ignored. And I think there are some legitimate reasons why the people in the pew might go, I don't know about this Old Testament. And so if that's you, you're in the right place because we're here, we have our arms open, and we want to take you through the Old Testament because we're passionate about it. We love it. We view it as vital to our Christian faith and message. It enlivens us. It broadens our picture of who God is. And so we hope to invite you as a listener on this journey as we both discuss our passion for the Old Testament and maybe address some of the questions you have concerning it. You're exactly right. And, and here's maybe something, something that maybe even a little bit deeper. The, the thought that, you know, it, it's still socially, in one sense, unacceptable to openly question Jesus but when it comes to the battleground of the Bible, the Old Testament really is a battleground. And, and so when it comes to, to skeptics or, or people who attack the Bible, they tend to attack certain aspects of the Old Testament rather than the New. And I think that sometimes creates a fear in Christians. You know, if, if I'm going to be asked a question about the Old Testament or if I'm going to be challenged about morality or ethics or whatever it is, most likely they're not going to challenge Jesus directly because who wants to do that? But hey, the God of the Old Testament, you know, he's this monomaniacal, all of these list of things, you know, that the Old Testament is what people attack. And so I think sometimes people have this unspoken fear even, you know, is the God of the Old Testament really the same as the God of the New? And again, our desire, as you just so aptly said, is is for the Old Testament not to be something we fear or dread or think we have to get through, but it's something that we can actually love and appreciate. Absolutely. Now, Tim, there are so many people 
out there that can just create a podcast. You can create a blog. You can put (laughs) something out there and you could just be some random guy from the middle of nowhere. So why don't we take a moment to introduce ourselves and say why we're passionate about the Old Testament, but also who we are. So why don't we start with you, Dr. Tim Howe? Yeah, sure. You know, it's it's funny uh, it, when it comes to uh, titles and and Doctor How. Uh, I'm I'm still getting used to that one, and uh, in one sense, I don't think it'll ever fit. But uh, you know, in terms of my life, uh, I'm I'm first and foremost uh, a husband and a father. Uh, I have a beautiful wife, Alyssa. I've got three kids, and I love them very much. Vocationally, I'm a pastor. So I pastor at a, a, a church here in Missouri where I live, and uh, that's my passion, you know, is to, to serve the people of God. But I believe my primary way of doing that, my primary call is, is to teach the Word of God. And so uh, for me personally, academics was always something that I loved, uh, but not really for the sake of academics. It was because I believe that, uh, that there were tools out there to help me better understand God's Word. And so uh, just briefly, you know, I, I did my undergraduate studies at Southwest Baptist University, uh, did a BA in biblical studies, and then I dual majored in religion and philosophy, had a minor in biblical languages. Uh, after that, I went to the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, did an MDiv in Christian ministry. And then, as you mentioned earlier, uh, our paths converged as we were both at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, uh, where I worked on a PhD in Old Testament and uh, graduated back in 2022. So I'm very thankful to be done with that. And, uh, and I've done some presenting here and there at some academic conferences, done some uh, writing and, and book reviews and other things, uh, hoping to publish my dissertation someday, as the Lord would allow. But, uh, you know, we're getting started in this academic journey, but I think people are going to be more excited to hear about you. You're the, uh, you're the real academician here. So tell us a little bit about you, Brian. So... Like you, Tim, when I hear the phrase Dr. Koning, I, I think that's a title that doesn't fit very well. I always look over my shoulder to see if my dad's standing there, since he was also <laughs> a PhD. Um, but I have a PhD in Old Testament studies, as do you, Tim. We both got those from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Uh, I also received a THM from that institution. I did my Master's of Divinity work at Phoenix Seminary with an emphasis in biblical communication. Uh, And then vocationally, I am an instructor of theology full-time at Grand Canyon University. And I actually teach there a course called Christian Worldview, which is all about bringing academics to the common person, as it were, rather Mm -hmm. than trying to deepen the disciplines that we're in. It's talking about how do we deal with deep theological questions, but for a person that's going into non-theological vocation. So personally, I, I'm also a father. I also have three kids, uh, and I'm just starting my career as well. I do have a forthcoming book that will be coming out this spring. It's called The Prophet and the Sage. It's a published form of my dissertation, and uh, I'm excited for that. So that's who we both are. Uh, you'll get a sense of our unique sense of humor uh, as you continue to listen to these <laughs> podcasts. But yeah, Tim and I went through most of our PhD work together, and part of the joy for at least me, Tim, and I think I've shared this before, is that it wasn't just the academics and the rigor of study. It was being able to, after a long day of class, go out for dinner with people like yourself and a few of our fellow students and just talk about life, talk about scripture, Mm -hmm. uh, and feed off one another's passion. 
And so part of what we're hoping to do here is harness that and go, hey, it's fun to listen to people who are passionate about something. Yeah, You and I are both most assuredly passionate about the Old Testament. And so we want to bring that out to the masses, as it were. Well, and Dr. Koning, I've got to tell you, uh, The Prophet and the Sage has got to be one of the coolest titles of a book that I've heard in a long time. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that coming out. So you're going to have uh, the first copy will be pre-ordered by me. Sweet. I should sell at least two copies then because I'll buy one. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So, Tim, I want us, as, as we're beginning this first episode of Beginning This Journey, I want us to wrestle with a question. Why do Christians mm. often struggle with the Old Testament? We dealt with some observations of it being ignored or being struggled with, but I want us to ask why. Why do we seem to struggle with the Old Testament? What are some answers we could have for this? Yeah, that's, that is such a good question. And, and, and here's, I think, where we're coming from. You know, we're, we're just assuming that that's the reality, that it's true. And, and of course, we both come from, in one sense, different strands within the evangelical tradition, but we both believe in the authority of the Word of God. We believe it's inspired. We believe it's inerrant. You know, we are committed as followers of Christ to live our lives under its authority. Uh, and I assume, not all listeners, but I assume most listeners are probably going to come from a similar perspective. And so, I think it's just honest to say we struggle with it, uh, but also we're assuming that we don't want that to be the case. So why do we struggle with it? And then how can we overcome those struggles? With the Old Testament, here's maybe a, a, a fundamental reality that, that we just got to say up front because we can't change it, but we have to recognize it. And it's this. The Old Testament is very remote from us in time. Okay, so we're talking about, uh, you know, the authorship of the Old Testament uh, two and a half millennia away, you know, parts of it much more than that. Um, and, and really, there's a lot that's unknown. There's a lot that's mysterious, even about uh, exactly when it was written and how it came down to us. And, and we're saying this, I think, relative to the New Testament, where the New Testament is near enough to us in time, uh, where there's really a lot more archaeological evidence, there's a lot more, in one sense, extra-biblical evidence, uh, and, you know, even from, say, the, the textual tradition, there's a lot more textual evidence in the New Testament. So we just have to be aware of that, that the difference in time is very real, but the encouraging thing is this, that the, the difference in time um, doesn't have to be, you know, a dead-on-arrival kind of problem. Uh, we are removed in time, and yet the amazing thing is uh, that the texts have been preserved so well, and, and the tradition is 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 so uh, rich that though we are far removed in time, the texts really do bring us back into that world. We have to do some work. We have to do some work in understanding the culture and, and understanding some maybe differences of how they approach questions or thoughts. Uh, but we just have to say, yeah, we're remote in time. It's it's distant from us, and there are some differences, uh, but that's not something that we can't overcome. Uh, so, Brian, what else? What's what's another reason that we often struggle with the Old Testament? Well, I think uh, another reason that instantly pops to mind is that it is more foreign to us than the New Testament. Mm -hmm. So the New Testament, obviously, it's closer to us in time. It's also closer to us in more tangible ways like culture and language. For anyone who's ever sat down to start studying Greek, what you quickly find is, hey, these are the roots for a lot of words, especially in the sciences, 
that we still use today. And so we go, oh, I know what that word is. Mm. You yeah. go to Hebrew, and there are very, very few words that they're, the English equivalent is similar in Hebrew. <laughs> and yeah. moreover than that, it's the culture. We are a Western culture. We are post-enlightenment. When we study things, we want to get down to the details. We want to see how things are put together. But when we step into the Old Testament, we're stepping into a worldview that is not Western. It's Eastern. It's not about the details. It's about the big picture. And that sometimes takes us a little bit of time to get our head around. Mm -hmm. We're going to be talking about stories. We're going to be talking about events, but not in the ways that we would normally talk about them in today's culture. So I think it's foreign to us in worldview. That will take a little bit of time to get around. And then I also think that that foreignness sometimes just stops us in our tracks. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm reading through the Bible right now. I, I do a, every year a read through the Bible in a year program. And we're just coming up to Leviticus. Mm. And Tim, I call Leviticus the graveyard of Bible reading plans. <laughs> because, uh, right, we start off the year. It's a New Year's resolution. We're all excited. We're going to do this. I'm going to stick with it. And we do Genesis. And it's mostly narrative stories. It's fun few weird ones but we keep going mm -hmm. then we hit exodus and it's really cool till we get out of egypt and then realize there's still half the book to go through and we go all right um and we might push through right up to leviticus and then all of a sudden you're like what's going on you have animals <laughs> being killed we're talking about laying hands throwing blood what is going on i don't understand any of this uh, and, and we just stop and we go, I don't know about this Old Testament. Let me go read Matthew again. It's a great book. Um, so I, I think it's that foreignness. It's just a different time. It's a different culture. It's a different perspective. Uh, and so we struggle with that. Another reason I often see people struggle with the Old Testament is the ordering of the Old Testament. Mm. So let's say you make it through Leviticus. Let's say you're, you're, you're really dedicated and you push through and you keep going and you get to Samuel, and you're like, I'm doing good, doing good, keep going. You get to Kings. Then you get to Chronicles, and you go, okay, I thought we were moving forward through time, <laughs> chronological. I, we seem to be backing up, yeah. but that's okay. Maybe this is just instant, Kings Part 2, replay, Electric right? Boogaloo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> okay, I'll keep pushing through. Okay, I got through Esther. Still a little odd, but we're still moving forward time. It's good. And then you hit Job, and you're like, uh... Where's the people of Israel? Where are the Persians? Where's anything that we've been talking about? Right? The Old Testament is chronological right up to the point that it's not. And we'll get into this in a future episode, but how the Old Testament is put together. We do have a sequence of texts that are moving roughly forward through time. But then you have about half the Old Testament that's not moving forward through time. Mm -hmm. That these books are actually interspersed in that overall timeline. Um and being yeah. unaware of that, I think, can throw readers for for a loop, and you just feel lost about halfway through this text and go, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to be reading here. I don't know where I am in time. Uh, and I think that can cause us to struggle and step away. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that, Brian. And, you know, the importance of, of orienting ourselves to what we're reading is is paramount, right? Because we can read something and we can read it with the best intention, but if, if we don't understand the people that it was written to or the time period it was written in, and sometimes we don't know that exactly, but if we don't have some kind of idea, again, we're, we're going to be much more prone to misread it. And uh, so, you know, I, sometimes I, I use this illustration. When we, 
read, say, an historical document, right, maybe a letter, uh, if we know that a letter was written in 1776, immediately that date is going to create in us an awareness of the context in which it was written. We know the world in which it exists, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And so, you know, if we start out with just knowing the date, uh, we, we can understand something about it. And the Old Testament assumes that we have a lot of knowledge that in certain cases uh, we don't have, not because it's not there for us to obtain, but because if we just pick it up and read it um, with without digging at least a little bit into it, we're really finding ourselves wandering in the desert when, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of help out there to, to contextualize and, and get that chronology sort of uh, ironed out for us. So I totally agree. Yeah. You know, Brian, another thing that, that I see, and, and this is, this is uh, perhaps a good concern, uh, but also it's one that we have to be aware of. It's this, is that the Old Testament uh, is the religious text of another faith tradition. In fact, really, all three Abrahamic religions, Islam, Judaism, and Christianity, claim the Old Testament as authoritative. Now, there are going to be some disagreements, especially among uh, the Islamic faith, about some of the details of the Old Testament. Um, but it is. I mean, when we when we talk about the Old Testament, of course, Jewish people today, they refer to it as their Bible, you know, the Hebrew scriptures. And uh, in, in some ways, I think we can feel like we're treading on on foreign soil, literally, when we read the Old Testament. And uh, Brian, I don't think I've, I've told you this story before, but as I was thinking about this episode, um, I, I have a I have one of my best and oldest friends in the world. Uh, he's ethnically Jewish, and uh, I went over to his house all the time. He had uh, a very kind family. His mom and dad were both very kind to me, and uh, I would stay at his house all the time. And and even as as pretty young kids, I mean, we would talk about uh, matters of faith and 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 various things. And uh, he even invited me one time to uh, celebrate Passover with his family, and and I love that. But as we continued to grow closer, you know, he really felt in, in many ways more than a friend even and, and more like a brother. And, uh, and I, I loved spending time with him so much. Uh, but there was always kind of this sense of, hey, we're really good friends, but when I go over to his house, it's, it's, it's his house and not mine. And, and yet I, I think eventually as we continue to grow close, I, I remember one time I spent a lot of time with him. My parents were gone and I stayed several days at his house and, and eventually it really did come to feel like uh, there was there was a bond that I was so welcomed that it, it felt like it was home. And that I, I think about that as I think about the Old Testament. And, you know, I'm not saying that that every uh, other religious tradition that claims the Old Testament as his own would would necessarily say it that way. But I, I'm reminded of what Paul says in, in Romans 15, 4. And, and the reason I think this is important is because he was writing it to both Jews and Gentiles. Here's what he says. Everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. And so he's obviously talking there about the Old Testament. But here's the amazing thing. I, I really believe that Paul sees one of the things of our inheritance as Christians, as co-heirs of Christ, is that now, 
as those being adopted into the family of God. You know, you think about that tree and being grafted in, that now we can truly see these scriptures as ourselves. And I think sometimes, I think sometimes Christians have maybe a, 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 a falsely humble attitude that says, well, this belongs to the Jewish people, whereas I really do think this is part of our inheritance in Christ. And so uh, we can be bold because of that and say, hey, these scriptures were written for our encouragement. You know, we weren't the original recipients. That's true. Uh, and yet we can still find the voice of God. In fact, we, we have to find the voice of God in these scriptures. I think that's such a great point, Tim. And that's going to lead us into uh, a little sneak preview of our second episode. We're going to talk about what the Old Testament is from a Christian perspective. Because you bring up some of the really good things mm. that we need to hold in tension. That the Old Testament was not written to us, but mm. it was written for us. And how do we explore that? Uh, but as you say, I, I think we do struggle with the Old Testament because we see it yeah. as not belonging to us. But we can address that, and, and I, I think you're right to connect it as part of our inheritance. So one last thing as we're talking about why Christians struggle with the Old Testament, and it's a very <laughs> American yeah, problem yeah. maybe with it. Old. It's called old. <laughs> it's called old. Why would I want to study something that's old? Give me the new Testament. Yeah. Give me the latest it's the Testament. New I- Give me it's the, the new, new hotness. It's the new iPhone. I don't want the iPhone 12. I want the 14 Pro Max, you know, Delta, whatever, you know. <laughs> I'm going to out myself as not an Apple person because you could tell me any number after Apple and I'd be like, oh, yeah, that <laughs> I, is the latest one. I made one most is. of that up, so, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. But yeah, it feels like the Old Testament, and if it's old, why bother studying it? We'll study the new stuff. Again, this is kind of leading us into our our next episode where we talk about what the Old Testament is to a Christian. But just because it's the Old Testament doesn't mean it's the irrelevant testament. In fact, it becomes the foundational testament on which we set the New Testament and understand it. So um, I, I think all these put together, the Old Testament is remote from us. It's foreign to us. It's oddly laid out if you aren't ready for it. It's a religious text that belongs to other religious faith traditions, uh, and it's the Old Testament. You bundle these all together, and there might be many other reasons as well. But I think some of these are maybe why we struggle to understand or really engage with the Old Testament. So if that's the problem... At least I'm not content to just leave as a problem, right? I don't think you are either, Tim. We want to help. So how are we going to help? Well, I think by first saying that all these issues and whatever issue you may have with understanding and engaging with the Old Testament, they can be addressed. The Old Testament is not something to tiptoe around. It's not something that we need to be ashamed of or scared of. It's part of God's word. Paul in 2 Timothy, as he's exhorting his right young disciple, uh, he says, all scripture is God-breathed, right? It's a beautiful passage, 2 Timothy 3.16. I encourage you to read it, memorize it, because it talks about what scripture is. It's profitable for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, right? All these things. When Paul says scripture, here's something I want us to all think about. When Paul says scripture, he uses the word graphe, right? Tim, you know this as well as I do. What does that word primarily mean with only a couple exceptions in the entire New Testament? That word means the Old Testament. Doesn't mean primarily the New Testament, right? Not even all of the New Testament was written as Paul says this to Timothy. 
he's talking about the Old Testament. And so if Paul thought that the Old Testament was God-breathed, was profitable for us as Christians to read, I want to say I'm with (laughs) Paul on this. I think it is profitable. And so I believe whatever objections we have can be addressed. I, I believe we can bring honest and earnest questions. This is going to be a podcast where we surface some of the real tension in our faiths, some of the real questions and maybe struggles we have with parts of God's word. I think they are, whatever question we might have, I think they are answerable. And so I want us to come here and engage with those questions. Yeah, Brian, I, I totally agree. And in, in fact, I think there's almost an irony. Our, our view of inspiration of the scriptures really is based almost entirely on how the New Testament writers describe the Old Testament itself. And so I, I sometimes joke with people who, who use that verse and say, you know, that was talking primarily about the Old Testament, right? And, and really, it's only by extension that we can apply these same things to the New Testament. And, you know, I'm saying that tongue in cheek because obviously I believe that uh, all Scripture is God-breathed, and I believe the New Testament Scripture, but it, it's so true. And, and when it comes to th- this podcast again, I, I, I want people to just have a permission, and I know you do too, to just actually openly say, we love the Old Testament. You know, we believe the Old Testament is a gift that that unfortunately for many people, it's a gift that just sits on the shelf and is never opened. And and that doesn't mean and I love how you said it, Brian, earlier, that doesn't mean that there aren't real questions and, and that there aren't real difficulties and friction and and there are passages in the old testament that man it it really does stretch you and and we really have to search for answers but but the fundamental reality is this is that we believe there are answers to these questions and at the end of the day uh, the word of god is not something we have to be ashamed of the word of god is not something we shirk away from and and yes if there were any religious texts that we read it and, and didn't find it offensive to some degree, um, do we really believe that God would come down to our level and, and condescend so much that everything he does makes sense or, or perfectly, you know, sits well in our stomach? That, to me, that, that would be creating, you know, the scriptures in our image rather than allowing them to t- truly reflect the image of God. But that's why we're here, right? We want to head into these challenges instead of shy away from them and, and doing so as an act of faith and as an act of worship believing that God is big, big enough to answer those questions. So tell, tell us a little bit more about this series and, and maybe in, give us a little bit of, uh, you, know, you know, headway into the next episode. Tell us where we're going, Brian. So In What the Old is going to be set up into gr- series of episodes. So rather than just starting at one episode and going one after another, we're intentionally going to create some episodes focused around a topic. Series one is going to be called Something Old, Something New. And we're going to, over the course of the next nine to 10 episodes, really focus in on what is the Old Testament? How do we appreciate it? How can we begin to get our teeth into this question as it were? So it's going to be dealing with the high level points. On our next episode, we're going to be asking the question, what is the Old Testament to a Christian? As part of that, we're going to be dialoguing and engaging with both what it isn't and what it is and then how that shapes us and changes us. I'm excited for where this podcast may go. I'm excited for the journey. I'm excited to be talking with my friend Tim about the Old Testament. And so I really hope that you will come along with us on this journey 
As Tim said, we're not here to tell you to stop asking questions. In fact, we want you to be asking the questions because we believe the answers are out there. Until next time, friends, stay cool and stay old.